When you first have a newborn baby, there are a lot of new terms that you come across. So today we are going to give you the A to Z of your new baby, which is just some of the terms and words that you might not have heard before. And uh, we're just going to take you through them. It's a bit of fun. And uh, here we go. You're listening to the How's Mom 101 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Karen. And I'm Felicity. And I'm going to kick you off with a letter A. A is for allergies. Obviously not a new term just related to babies, but it's something else that just pops up that you can sometimes not be aware of. So it's really just to be aware that some babies can have allergies and just to do your own research, I guess, really, because things are always changing with with research itself in terms of how allergies are determined. And the second one is advice. So it kind of feeds into the allergy one, but you're going to receive advice from every single walk of life, from friends, from parents, from neighbours, from people on the bus, and yeah, pick and choose what you decide to listen to. On to B. So for B, we've got baby wearing. Uh, This is a, a term that might be new to you, but baby wearing is when you basically just walk around with the baby strapped onto you in some kind of carrier and it's a great way to bond with your baby uh, and it's a great way to get things done yes uh, when you have a baby that is very demanding for your attention the other one with b is baby led weaning so uh, this one comes a little bit later when you're starting to introduce solids and it's it's just an alternative to using purees introducing foods that the baby can hold with their hand uh, and feed themselves rather than being fed um the next one is c so we've got quite a few for c the first one is colostrum so the term colostrum is basically the liquid that comes out of your boobs when you first start breastfeeding like once your milk comes in it obviously starts to thin out a bit but it's that quite sort of thicky thicky <laughs> it's a sticky sticky, sticky thick. or thick sticky and thick so thicky and it's full of goodness so you basically want to make sure that you capture that and get it into the baby as best as possible the second one is colic so you've probably heard of it before you've had a baby but until you actually have a baby with colic you don't start madly researching and googling to understand what it is and it's a pretty wishy-washy term but it basically just relates to a baby that is distressed and and one that is um, sometimes difficult to ease or just to calm so it's usually related to excessive gas or wind or maybe... But yeah, a colicky baby is one that's just really unsettled. There's nothing wrong with your baby. It's very normal. It's just the term that's given to them. The second, the third one, actually, if you see, is cluster feeding. So the term cluster feeding is when you have a baby that is seems to be just hungry and ravenous all the time. And you think, hang on a minute, what's going on here? You were feeding every four hours or every six hours or every two hours or whatever their routine was. And all of a sudden... They're screaming and crying and wanting to feed again. From my understanding, when the baby is cluster feeding, they are wanting to feed a lot more frequently because they're getting trying to boost your supply. They're getting ready to go through a growth spurt. Um, so coincidentally, the baby knows to try and feed on demand and feed more frequently so that you your boobs start to respond to that and produce more milk. So it's quite clever, really. Mm. We've also got co-sleeping, probably not necessarily a new term, but one that is um, quite uh, common, um, comes up quite frequently within all the forums and all the group chats and things like that. So it can also be quite contentious, but co-sleeping is really the term that when you're, you have the baby sleeping with you in your bed as opposed to sleeping in their cot or in a bassinet. And cradle cap, do we get two points for a double C? Oh, yeah. <laughs> cradle cap, if we were playing um, Scrabble or something like that, we might get extra points. But cradle cap is the term that's given to a baby when they start to get um, 
like a dry, scaly scalp. Mm. I think, I don't actually know what causes it. I don't know either. I think it's just one of those things can happen. Yeah, it usually happens quite early on. And, you know, you'll, you'll again, you'll, you'll sort of Google how to get rid of it from things like putting on olive oil onto their head mm. or just massaging it with water. But it's nothing to be worried about. I think it probably looks worse than it is. Yeah. It doesn't hurt the baby. Uh, on to D. So D, we were pretty light on in terms of words that we could share with you. So we've got a word here, which you have heard before. It is decisions. And the reason we wanted to talk about that is because you will have a lot of decisions to make as a new mum. And they might seem trivial, things like what time of the day to put your baby down to sleep, deciding what they might be trying to tell you. Are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they something else? Uh, Deciding what to buy them, deciding all sorts of things. And even though they might seem trivial when you add them all up, it can be quite tiresome to have to deal with all those decisions. E is for engorged or engorgement. So that is um, a term that relates to your breasts. So um, generally that happens when you have um, not fed your baby frequently enough or um, you've just got an oversupply of milk. So it really varies in terms of how much milk women can supply and Sometimes if your breasts haven't been re- relieved, um, they can get what's called engorged or they call it engorgement and it can be quite painful. Um, it's when your boobs get really quite large and quite rock hard and it's probably a bit of a precursor sometimes to mastitis too. And also, I guess, breast-related is another E word, which is expressing the old Something pumping. to relieve engorgement. <laughs> Something to relieve engorgement, but it's it's another one. It's just It can be quite um, overwhelming in the beginning if you are breastfeeding, trying to understand whether you want to express or not express, when to express, how to express, whether to use a, a breast pump to express, whether to use a hand um, pump or whether to just manually express with your hand. Um, it can be quite overwhelming as well. So if you are breastfeeding or looking to breastfeed, you probably, chances are you're going to be doing some sort of expressing. So the next letter, obviously, is F. And under F, we've got a few more breastfeeding terms. <laughs> this is a theme and um, probably quite rightly so because you are going to spend probably like a third of your time breastfeeding or feeding the baby in some way when you're a new mum. So we've got here four milk. And uh, so this is a reference to the first milk that comes out when you start each breastfeeding session. Uh, it's, I believe it's a sweeter and thinner type of milk as opposed to the hind milk, which we'll mention later in under H, <laughs> which is a richer... You're skipping ahead. Sorry, <laughs> a richer, more creamy um, type of milk. And the baby needs both. So uh, that's just something to be aware of, um, to let the baby feed until they've completed what they uh, feel is necessary for themselves so that they get all different types of milk, both types of milk. Uh, then we've got football hold. Uh, which is another breastfeeding term. So this is just an alternative way of holding the baby while you breastfeed. The baby sort of lies behind with their legs behind you and you hold them um, under their heads so that they can breastfeed kind of in the opposite direction to what you would often see. Uh, it's a common hold for uh, mothers with twins because they can hold both babies at the same time without them kicking each other. Uh, yeah, and just it's actually just a good one to try for for a singleton as well because some babies just will latch on easier in a different uh, hold. Then you've got uh, fourth trimester is another one that we've got under F. So a bit of an oxymoron there because um, uh, it doesn't doesn't make sense <laughs> when you try have four trimesters, but. Um, the fourth trimester is a, a term that is often used to refer to those that first phase after you have a, a newborn baby because it's almost as if 
you're still pregnant or that they're still in the womb, they still want to be in the womb. They want to be close. They want to be warm. They want to be soothed all the time. And um, it's often uh, a difficult phase for the mum who might want to put the baby in the cot or whatever, but the baby just always wants to be on you. Uh, And then the last one out of F we've got is fontanelle. So this is the soft spot on the sort of front top of the baby's skull. And it's a little soft spot that you can feel if you touch the top of their head. And it's often something that the doctors might ask you about or feel um, if the baby's sick and they want to check whether it's dehydrated because that fontanelle might be sunken. Yeah, absolutely. That was quite a bit in F, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. On to G. So G is for gas. Your baby will be gassy. We've sort of spoken about this before as well in terms of the colicky baby, but they have a lot of gas um, and that can lead to um, both ends really. So the gas can come up in the form of sometimes them... um, you know burping belching or spitting up but also they can get if they get gassed stuck in their stomach um, and they have trouble passing that through then they can be quite squeamish and quite uncomfortable so you um i had a friend who had an amazing um, baby massage on their stomach he had quite a technique of how to sort of massage that gas through there's some really interesting youtubes and tutorials actually if you ever Mm. google how to how to get a baby's gas out safely but another G word in terms of trying to help a baby remove, remove, relieve a baby of their gas is gripe water. It's a bit of an old school term, but um, it is basically like a liquid that comes in a medicine bottle and it's um, a potion that is supposed to assist with the removing of the gas for the baby. My babies did not like it, <laughs> but I have heard success from others. Cool. So on to H. And as I said, we've got hind milk there, which we've already uh, spoken about. The other ones we've got there are hand, foot and mouth disease. So this is something you might come across first if you put your child into childcare. It often goes around the childcare Mm. centres. It's a highly infectious viral disease, um, which is similar to a a cold, but it does um, result in some spots on the baby's hands, feet and mouth. Uh, and it's a, it's a bit of a nasty one, uh, but it's certainly something I didn't hear about before I had kids because it's kind of a kids kids thing. Totally, it's definitely a new one, and you get a bit freaked out when you start hearing about it. Yeah, yeah. but really, it's it's, it's just it's just a common virus. Uh, and then we've got hip dysplasia. So this is something that uh, the pediatrician will often check in a newborn baby, and you'll see them sort of holding the baby by their knees and turning the baby's leg from the hip and they're they're often checking for like clicking or um what do you call it when um thing two things are the same symmetry symmetry (laughs) (laughs) um and and these are just the types of things that can be indicators for hip dysplasia which requires a a line of treatment um and I, i guess it happens in babies so they like to check for that I is for infant's friend or infocol. So similar to the the gripe water, but it, this is another one that is designed to assist your baby with helping them pass pass the gas through. Um, so infant's friend and infocol are the brands. So it's similar to gripe water. They're liquids that you will um, provide your baby usually through a syringe to um, like maybe only like a mil or two mils at a time and. You know, you read the bottle and it sort of talks about getting into them. There's some natural remedy sort of herbs and spices in there that basically help help push the gas, like push the gas up or, or out. Whether it works or not, I'm not sure. But once you start using it, you sort of hold on to hope that it will. <laughs> Particularly if you've got a really upset, squeamy baby that you can see they're kind of... Uh, everyone sort of talks about when their baby first smiles and then someone yeah. who's a little bit older will go, no, they've got gas because that's why they're pulling that face. <laughs> So they normally will sort of look like they're smiling when they've got gas. Um, yeah, I use those things religiously and yeah, 
still had gassy babies but was too scared to stop. Same, because <laughs> I thought, what, how much worse would it be if I'm not yes. doing this? Exactly. So, um, yeah, infants, friends and infocol. Uh, then on to Jay, we have jaundice. So this is something you might come across often with a very newborn baby. Uh, they'll check for it in the hospital and uh, it's a... It's just a condition where the baby appears a little bit yellow. Uh, must be something to do with the liver and bilirubin levels. And it can be made worse if the if the baby's not getting uh, enough sustenance. So uh, it's something they keep an eye on. Um, but again, nothing, not a huge thing to worry about because they have treatments if, if that does happen for your baby. On to Kay. Look, we're a little bit struggling. <laughs> we struggled a little bit for Kay. But we've come up with Kanga Training. Now, Kanga Training is, uh, I think, the brand name, but it is basically refers to exercise with your baby so generally you'll find when you attend a kanga training session it's a group training session for new mums or new dads with um where you have your baby on you in your baby carrier so generally um on your front or on your back and it's just a form of exercise uh safe exercise that you can do um without putting your baby down and you know in a safe environment with other mums um so yeah it's a good one to google in your local area uh, baby wearing classes or kanga training something like that then we've got L, a few under L, and they're all related to breastfeeding again. So we have, uh, we have Lansino, which we've spoken about in the past. That's the uh, kind of cream that you put on your nipples just to help soothe them because it's they do get a bit cream. of a... It is pretty good. Yeah, that's one of the ones that actually does work. Mm. And um, just a bit of soothing for your nipples, which get a, a bit of a workout when you're a new mum. And then we've got letdown. So this is a term that I only learned after I gave birth, I think. Um, Same. It relates to when you start uh, a breastfeeding session with your baby and they start sucking, they'll suck for like 10, 20 seconds. And then often you'll feel the letdown. It's like a tingly feeling mm. in the top of your breast. Um, and that's the milk rushing out. Um, and then after that, it slows down a little bit and it relies on the baby to draw it out. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like a gets it, gets it going. Gets it going, yeah. Uh, and then the last one there under L is lactation consultant. So, look, often breastfe- breastfeeding is, is a learned skill for the mum and the baby. Like, you kind of both have to learn what to do uh, to get it right. And it, it doesn't always go to plan. So a lactation consultant is, is a good type of professional to help you with different techniques to improve your breastfeeding experience. Okay, M is for mastitis, and we have talked about this before as well, but not many women will get through breastfeeding without getting one bout or more of mastitis. It is, can be quite painful, um, and that's sort of why I think why I referred to it when we talked about engorgement or engorging, because sometimes if you, if you haven't released enough milk, you can start to get mastitis, um, and it is something that is related to the breast. It can be treated... With, um, with just your baby breastfeeding essentially just to try and um, feed through but it's when your boobs start getting really hard and quite rocky it can be actually quite painful to feed but the best thing to do is to continue feeding um, if it goes too far um, and you haven't been able to relieve some of that um, the blockages within the milk ducts you might need some antibiotics I've never had it that bad but I've heard that it can be almost like a really bad flu um, and quite quite debilitating and it can can be quite long lasting if you don't um, actually treat it early enough so yeah mastitis is something that you probably want to read up on and understand how to prevent it and how to treat it we've also got milestones under m everything when you have a baby in that first year is about those first milestones so you know whether it's you know counting the weeks or making it to the first month or 
you know, when they sit up for the first time, smile for the first time, talk for the first time, crawl, move, wriggle, goo, gar, uh, sleep through the night, eat their first solid food. It's, you're just capturing milestones, but it is just so important because so much happens in that first year. So uh, milestones is, is a really big one for the letter M. Then under N, we have a nasal aspirator. This is pretty gross, I'll be <laughs> so honest. so gross. Um, poor kids. Like, I do get a lot of satisfaction out of it, actually. It's a little um, su- su- manual suction type machine uh, that you can use to relieve your baby of uh, nasal fluids <laughs> if i'm being polite it's not <laughs> and um because they can't, you, they can't blow their nose so uh when they do get sick uh, it's good to good to have one of those uh, on hand if you can use it really carefully and the other one under n that we have is nipple thrush so this one kind of feeds into o pretty well so i'll let you cover that one sure yeah so for o we've got oral thrush so i think you hear the word thrush and you kind of cringe and uh, freak out a little bit but um I certainly wasn't aware, again, that, that this can happen. Funnily enough, you don't really know a lot of these things until you until it happens to you. But uh, oral thrush is something that can be quite common with babies when they are uh, breastfeeding. And it is something that obviously occurs within their mouth. And you'll notice it if your baby's got it because they can start to get quite a thick coating on their tongue. White. Yeah. White, yeah. So it is normal for a baby, particularly when they're little because they breastfeed quite frequently. Mm. Um, and they're not, you know, having other foods or other fluids to push the milk down. You can see that they do get a little bit of a milky mouth, but um, you'll know if it's an oral thrush because it is quite thick and it's sort of on the tongue. And um, it can actually cause um, problems with their their bowels as well because if it's not if it's not treated within their mouth, it can sort of obviously start um, filtering through their digestive tract and um, and they can get quite nasty poos as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what can happen is if you're not aware of it and your baby's got oral thrush and then you're breastfeeding them, then your nipple can get nipple thrush and what happens is you're passing it backwards and forwards. Mm. It's pretty painful as well. It can nipple, be really painful. Nipple thrush. So you can use um, nipple shields to mm-hmm. um, to, so that you can continue to breastfeed your baby. You can put a nipple shield on so that you're not passing it backwards and forwards and then you can get some creams and treatments um, and drops and things like that for yourself and for your baby so that you can um, try and treat you both at the same time and get rid of it. Then on to P. So for P we have puree. I'm sure you would have know, known this word before, but it is something that you will spend a lot of time thinking about if you have decided to feed your baby purees. There's lots of decisions to be made again in terms of whether you use store-bought or make it yourself and, and how you're going to make it and how fine it has to be and what type of water you need to use and do you need to mix fruits or keep them separate there's a lot there's a lot to um read up about and and decide on there you'll have to make your own decisions on that one i'm afraid Mm. um but yeah it's it's something that you'll spend a lot of time thinking about and potentially preparing as well also under p we have pelvic floor exercises i think we've spoken about this one in previous episodes as well it's it's an important thing uh for your own health to work on your pelvic floor exercises to build strength in that area keep everything in place and then we've also got period i was hoping you were going to land on p so that you could talk about your period i don't mind talking about it i know it's probably pretty a bit of a smack in the face but you've just spent you know probably at least 10 months without one and 
if you are lucky enough to keep it at bay, which some people are lucky enough to keep it at bay for a longer period of time. I didn't get mine back for a year both times, so I pretty much had a two-year stint, mm. close to a two-year stint without one. Um, and when you do get that first one, it is a shock because <laughs> you haven't had it for a while and you're not ready for it. Yeah. And generally, because you're in mum mode, you're not thinking about, you're not in tune with your own body because you're so focused on all these other things like making the puree and, you know, getting the nasal aspirator out and <laughs> is the baby okay and are they warm enough and all the rest of it. So you don't actually, I don't know many people that are expecting it or aware of it and it's a bit of a smack in the face when you first get it. So if you have, you know, removed your pads and tampons and things like that from your handbag, just stick some in your baby's nappy bag, stick them in your handbag again and, you know, you don't want to get caught out when you're out in public or whatever. So... Yeah, sorry guys, but the baby's out now and you are going to get your period back. Yeah. So, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> Q, again, um, it's a bit of an obscure letter, so we didn't want to make something up, but we've come up with questions. Pretty basic word, obviously, but we, this just goes hand in hand with having a baby. There's just so many questions, um, questions that you ask yourself and questions that people ask you, questions that your partner will ask you, questions that you're looking for answers for, because you're just, it's uncharted territory. Even if you've done it before, even if it's your second baby, it's a different baby or you've kind of forgotten about what to puree and when to puree it. Mm-hmm. So there's more questions than there is answers, I'm afraid to say. <laughs> it's good to ask questions, though. Absolutely. Yes. Then we've got R. So R is for routine. Babies like routines and there are a lot of different types of routines that you might want to establish around your baby. Things about what times do they normally sleep, what times do they normally feed those sorts of things babies and toddlers as well really like to know what's happening next and it can be good for mum as well because if you know what time your baby sleeps every day then you can plan your life around that baby sleeps are great (laughs) then we've got reflux so reflux is uh, another thing that can happen to a lot of uh, really newborn babies and it's it's horrible to have to deal with it (laughs) but it's it's um, and it happens to mums as well obviously but it's when um, some of the stomach contents uh, come back up through the mouth and or through just up the esophagus and it can burn and it's really uncomfortable for the baby and, and they will be unsettled while that is happening. Yeah. There are treatments for it, um, but it's good to, good to be aware of it and know whether that's happening with your baby. Sometimes it's just time as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because the baby's just still developing and learning how to process. Mm. I think sometimes we try and over-treat. That's true. But yeah. If you do have a refluxy baby, just don't go anywhere without spew-bibs or spew oh, yes. or yeah. yeah. Then also under R we have refusal. This is a, this is a difficult one because you kind of don't expect babies to refuse things, but they do. They have a mind of their own and and they know what they need. And um, you might have babies refusing uh, refusing to drink your milk or what else can they refuse? I refuse think, their sleep. Yeah, oh, they definitely. <laughs> they're the two big ones for me. Yeah. Is you, you've gotten a routine and you think, okay, baby needs to feed after four hours, and they usually do, and then they refuse you, and it's. You think, I know that you're hungry or yeah. or when they refuse their sleep, you know that they're sleepy or tired and you think they're going to benefit from it. But, yeah, um, mm. there might be many reasons. But I think I think sleep and food are probably the two big ones that can yeah. be concerning and frustrating and you just don't have an answer for it. That's right, yeah. So on to S. So S, we've got sleep cycles. I wasn't aware of this as an adult, but sleep cycles is something you'll become very aware of with a baby, that they do have sleep cycles. So... Generally, you know, during the day, they're shorter in the beginning, so it might only be a 45-minute sleep cycle, which is not a long time. Um, Some of them have a three-hour sleep cycle, and the sleep cycles can change as well. So as they 
get bigger and grow more and their tummies can hold more food, they, they might sleep for a little bit longer. So it's just about understanding those different sleep cycles. Sleep association. So this is a big one that you'll hear if you do start looking for answers on the internet, in books, um, on podcasts, through forums about um, how to help your baby sleep. So we talk about the good and bad sleep association. So um, this is just around helping your child have healthy sleep patterns, basically. So a sleep association might be a comforter, so like a soft little toy. A sleep association might also be, you know, you rocking them or patting them. So it's basically what your child associates with bedtime. There's a lot on that, and we're not we're not professionals, so I'll let you do your own research. S is also for swaddling. So this is about um, how you help your baby sleep in a like a swaddle, basically. There's some really interesting swaddling techniques, different techniques for different um, types of swaddles. And we've also got SIDS, um, which is Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. So something also to be aware of if you've got a new baby. It can be quite scary thinking about what might happen. So certainly do your research there as well and understand what some of the triggers might be. For T, we have tummy time. Uh, Certainly something I hadn't heard of before becoming a mum, but uh, evidently it is something that is encouraged for you to do with your baby which really just means encouraging them to lie on their tummy and lift their head up to help them build strength in their in their neck and upper torso then we have teething <laughs> so this is one that um, oh god will be something that you talk about a lot probably when it gets to that stage for you it's it's really uncomfortable painful for the baby uh and they make that known which is stressful for you so uh you know you'll you'll work out what works for you in terms of helping your baby get a little bit more comfortable when they are teething and then the last one under tea is tongue tie mm-hmm. this is another thing that you might not have come across before if you haven't been around new mothers but yeah tongue tie is just when the frenulum that connects the tongue to the bottom of the mouth is uh, preventing them from uh, latching correctly that might be called a tongue tie uh, when that is a little bit tight and can be corrected but again this is a bit of a contentious issue whether to leave it or whether not to yeah my son actually had a really bad tongue tie and we just left it and was fine Okay, on to you. You is for unsettled. Quite simply, sometimes they will be unsettled. They're not always going to be happy. And sometimes you don't know why they're unsettled. So you'll go through, are they warm? Are they cold? Are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they bored? You'll sometimes try. you just don't know. Sometimes you just don't know. And then you start back at the top again. And then, yeah, sometimes just a change of scenery might um, distract them. But sometimes they're just going to be really unsettled. And it can be really distressing. Mm-hmm at times too but it, it doesn't last forever so under v we've got vaporizer a vaporizer is a device that holds water and then vaporizes that water and then you can also add like oils and things or some vicks uh to help soothe the blocked nose or something like that it's it's a kind of good non-invasive um treatment if your baby's got a blocked nose yeah uh, something that you might not have thought about using before but you know when your baby's sick and they've got a blocked nose there's really not a lot you can do but the the vaporizer is one thing that can help soothe them just a tiny bit yeah and then we've also got vaccinations so um obviously you would know what a vaccination is it's a hot topic at the moment Um, But there are a lot of vaccinations that will be offered to your baby in their first year and you'll find yourself going into the doctor every now and then um, and having to uh, hold your baby while they scream in pain. (laughs) It's only traumatic for a second and then they get over it pretty quick. Um, But yeah, there's 
they have the sort of six to eight week vaccinations, then they go in again at four months, six months, 12 months, uh, and then even 18 months as well. So it keeps, keeps coming and there's all sorts of um, diseases that they have vaccinations now for which can give you some comfort after you've had those that your baby's protected. And if you're a real wuss, you get your mother to go with you uh, <laughs> to help you out. Thanks, Mum. Okay, on to W. So W, we've got Wonder Weeks. So Wonder Weeks, something I'd never heard of before, but these are basically developmental leaps that your baby goes through in the first, I think it's 18 months. And they are, I don't think this was a term that was around, hasn't mm. been around for that long. Quite new. It is a relatively newer term, like probably in the last decade maybe. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, the Wonder Weeks is quite interesting because, yeah, the baby obviously goes through different developmental phases and it might even just be things like, you know, being aware that you can um, leave them when you when you leave the room or it might be building an association between, you know, you picking up a spoon and feeding them that they know when you pick that up that they're going to get fed. So it's just lots of different little things that, that they start to learn and develop throughout that first sort of 18 months to two years. Um, the reason why it's important to know, not only because they're developing, but because they can go through different fussy periods or fussy phases that can impact their sleep, it can impact different parts of their life that you might not be aware of because of the development within their brain. Some people don't like to know about it because some people say then they're expecting the wonder mm. week to come and then they start getting anxious, their baby's going to be um, unsettled. Yep. Um, other people like to know about it because then they want to say, okay, the baby's learning X and then I can try mm. and help facilitate that learning by doing yep. Y. So it's, it's the more subtle thing. So it's not like rolling over which is really obvious um mm. to see your baby learning how to do that but it's the more subtle things like working out patterns things that you wouldn't really observe easily so it's great to read those and understand what your baby's learning totally i found it really fascinating mm. and i was one of the ones that was like on the app going okay they're coming up to you know leap five and this is what they're going to learn and how can i how can i help you know facilitate yeah. that so another one under w is white noise white noise is something that people use to assist with sleep you know, I think gone are the days of, you know, people tiptoeing around and being quiet because if there's a sleeping baby, you kind of want that noise. You want your baby to be around noise. But if there isn't a natural noise happening in the house, sometimes um, people will buy a white noise machine or download an app. And white noise can be as simple as, you know, that sort of when you turn your TV off the funny station, mm-hmm. it's that kind of buzzing, buzzing sound. But it can also extend onto more... Um, soothing white noise sounds Mm. such as you know rain falling um birds chirping water oceans yeah even lullabies so yeah white noise is probably that collective term for sound that comes out of a machine to assist your baby with sleep and this is a dreaded one but witching hour i don't know why it's called witching hour because in my household witching hour was like three or four hours long some nights but witching hour is the term given to basically bedtime but it can start at four o'clock before bedtime. It starts. Before bed. it might, I'm starting to rock. Actually, can you see that? I'm starting to rock. See with yourself. Already getting anxious about it. So yeah, witching hour is basically potentially an hour or two or three or four before bedtime when baby starts to potentially get unsettled. Maybe they haven't had enough sleep. Maybe they've got a build up of wind. Maybe they're hungry. Um, it just can be quite challenging to get through that last little period of time to get the baby down. So that's what the witching hour is. Yeah, we've still got witching hour when it's preschool kids, so, um, yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right, and then we're on to the last three letters of the alphabet, X, Y, and Z, and we haven't come up with anything really... Substantial. um, ...really useful in these sections, so we're just going to have a bit of fun. So X, we have explosions. It doesn't actually start with X, but but it's just pretend. 
aka Poonamis. This happens. It used to happen daily with me, with, well, with my baby, mm. not me. And yeah, a bit of cleanup involved, some clothes that needed to be binned, and um, yeah. it's unavoidable. It's going to happen. It's yellow, it stains. Sorry. Why is for you? So, this is all very much about the baby and the first sort of. Basically, your entire life now is about your baby, pretty much. <laughs> but don't forget about yourself. It is, I know it's a bit of a, a cliche, but you really are still extremely important. And, you know, there's terms like, you know, when mum goes down, the whole house goes down. Those terms have been coined for a reason. And, you know, a healthy, happy, well-slept, well-fed, well-bathed, well-caffeinated mum is is usually one that can, can handle some of these more challenging, complex situations. And even just getting through a long day when you've got a newborn baby at home. So... Take time to spend some time on yourself and and focus on you as well. And lastly, what happens when you don't focus on you is you turn into a zombie. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a look, good segue. It's just a fun one. You won't actually turn into a zombie, but you'll feel like one sometimes when yeah. you perhaps haven't had a good night's sleep or you've been stressing about something that your baby is not taking to uh, during the day. Yeah, yeah. zombie. We all get in zombie mode. And that's it. That rounds out A to Z of your new baby. So hopefully that was a, a little bit of fun. And, and, you know, if you haven't had a baby before, you might have learned some new things as well. Um, thanks again for listening. We absolutely appreciate everyone who spends some time out of their day, whatever it is that you're doing, to uh, have us in your ears and listen to us. So if you are appreciating what we're the content we're putting out, we would love it if you could um, give us a rating or a review. And if you haven't already, hit follow or subscribe. And that's it for today. 